Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Squirrel, I, I got to ask you about this. As I was looking at your Twitter feed and you used a phrase I haven't seen you use before, and I really want to hear the explanation. You said in, in tech sales, you've got to unsell. What do you mean by unsell? <laughs> selling, I know about. Selling what you have, I know all about. Unselling, that's a new term on me. Absolutely. So here's the thing that we're always talking about. If listeners have got any sense of what we care about at all, I hope they've got the sense that the thing we're really interested in is being curious and learning things. And one of the most important things that happens when you build new software is you learn stuff, typically that you were wrong. <laughs> and that's one of the most painful kinds of learning. And so it means that the uh, organizations that I work with, and it's not just startups, it's much larger organizations too, build software. They build it with an assumption in mind that this is how users are going to use the software. This is going to be the valuable piece. This is exactly what we're going to need. And then they discover something completely different that customers actually need. Uh, I can give two examples that you, our listeners will know about. One of them is Flickr, and the other is Discord. Do you know how both of them started? Um, no, I don't, but I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to hear about the connection between them. Well, the connection is that they both started as video games. So the what? organizations, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the organization started by building a game. And Flickr uh, was a game, and actually I'm told that in the Flickr code base, you can still see the artifacts of this, that when you want to look at a picture, you actually uh, have to go get the monster who is the owner of the picture. <laughs> because what I they see. did is they built a game, and the game uh, involved having pictures of the monsters in the game, and you could the us users could create their own pictures. And they realized that people weren't playing the game. They were just uploading pictures. They said, oh, it seems like we built a really good system for looking at pictures. <laughs> and that's where Flickr came from. Right. And Discord was similar. I don't know as many details, but they, uh, I read recently that they had started similarly creating some kind of game. And then they said, well, actually, people are really using our chat system. Maybe we should use that and be associated to the gaming community as they are. At any rate, uh, uh, these kind of sharp right turns happen all the time. Uh, you know what? It's, it's actually, it wasn't Discord. It was Slack. They're both started by Stuart Butterfield. So it was not only were they both games, they were the same game by the same ah, person. Okay. <laughs> that one I didn't know. And I think Discord was too, because I was reading it. What I was reading was Discord. Anyway, listeners can ah. correct us. But the point is that lots of software that you have heard about and used and know and love is software that did not start out being what it is now. Ah. And that creates a really significant problem for salespeople. Because the poor salespeople listen to the developers when they first come on to start selling whatever software the developers have built, and they go off and play golf and uh, uh, make PowerPoints, <laughs> and they do all the stuff that salespeople do on the assumption that the developers are right. And then the developers learn that they're wrong. And the important thing that you need to do at that point is not keep selling whatever it is that you started with. Because you will wind up with um, a few sales to organizations or people or whatever it is, whoever it is you sell to, that are on the old platform. It would be as if uh, Discord or, or Slack or, or Flickr were still <laughs> trying to create a game. They were still trying to run it. Thank heavens they killed their games, right? They, those weren't the things that they needed to continue with. And similarly, I have lots of clients 
who come to me because they have continued with whatever it was that they started with and they haven't noticed they've made a sharp turn. It doesn't have to be as, as, as violent a turn as going from video game <laughs> to, uh, to uh, a, a, a photo site. But even if your turn is gentle, it's still a turn and it means that you wind up with a software system that's trying to satisfy what you assumed your software was going to do, the original need, and what the software actually does where the actual value is. And that's where unselling comes in. Am I making sense so far? A hundred percent. And this is actually what uh, was I actually found most compelling about your tweet, because you said, if you don't unsell, you create a long tail of loss-making products, quote unquote, with associated misery. And oh, yes. that's the part that really resonated with me, because I, I so often I come across uh, applications and they have features that essentially that fit exactly what you're describing. It was a, a feature that you know was created with the idea that it was going to be a very major thing, you know, seven years ago, and then three big accounts uh, uh, bought it, bought into it. One of them, one of the clients, still uses it heavily, and no one else does. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to being a consultancy, to being an agency. Right? right, because exactly. what you wind up with is you're trying to build a software product, and you have a piece of your software product which exists only for one customer. This happens very often in enterprise sales where you're selling to big businesses, as you were illustrating. It can happen in retail as well. And then you have a class of users rather than a business um, who you're trying to serve badly, and you're holding on to them because you think that's uh, where you're, you're, um, where, what you're obligated to do. But in fact, you'd do better to cut them loose or give them an alternative. And that, that is the process of unselling. So uh, I remember a client I had that had um, literally, you talk about a long tail, it was a 50-foot wall. I measured it because it was so long. And on <laughs> it were all these little cards, and every card was measuring what custom thing they were doing for which customer that they had held on to because they uh, had built something custom for them. And, of course, they had no, they had a huge development team, but they had no capacity to do anything new because they were busy manipulating all these cards. Right. And the unselling process was one in which we, I, I helped them, and they did uh, a yeoman's job of converting those clients all onto something standard. So instead of having loads and loads of custom items, they had to go back to them and say, you don't need this custom item. This, this custom thing we built for you, this special feature that only you use, actually won't help you. It isn't helping you. Here's what you need instead. And that's a selling process. Salespeople are good at that process. Yes. They just need to understand that what they're selling is not doing something and instead <laughs> doing something else. And the something else could be use our standard product, use our software, hire us to, to build you an even better thing that actually fits into our product plan and that will actually solve your problem instead of this weird workaround that you're using now. Or it could be you're selling them on not using your product. And you tell them, look, this great contract that we have, it's really nice. Let's find a way out of it. Let's find a way for you to get better service elsewhere because it doesn't make sense for us to continue. We're losing money. You're not getting the best service. How can we make this happen? And salespeople can do that if you help them. If you never tell them <laughs> that your product does something new and you keep letting them believe that it does the old thing as well as the new thing, you are in for a 50-foot wall of misery. Wow. You know, it is, it, this is just fantastic hearing you describe it because it, as you do, I think of just examples across decades and, and the trade-offs and alternatives that people make. Because there are cases in business models 
where doing that custom thing is what you want to do. I remember talking to some people. I was trying to understand why ClearCase. Like, who was ClearCase? Do you remember the ClearCase version control system? Very vaguely, but it's certainly been eclipsed, hasn't it? Keep going. Absolutely. But it was, and it was back in the day when you would often have someone whose job it was to manage your version control system, which seems like a crazy idea today. By the time you'd have a ClearCase administrator, because ClearCase was a version control, version control system that was built on a custom file system. And so really, when you decided you had to sort of design your repository. <laughs> anyway, so I was trying to understand what what it was this for, like what who would need this kind of complexity? And someone actually had a good answer, which is there's a, they, they had worked with a company that made customized software for high net worth individuals where each sale- Rich people is the translation yeah, of that. Keep going. Yes, exactly. <laughs> very, very wealthy people and their quote unquote family office, You know how they personally manage their private money or rather their team of people managed an individual's money. And so they would be value in having uh, something very custom to describe certain property types or something like that. That were one-offs, you know, this factory that you wanted to have modeled. But you didn't want it as a general feature for all your clients. And that so there was a sort of common core and then these extra products. And the key thing here was they knew they were in the business of doing custom software. <laughs> that was their business model. And to have those things custom and one off was they charged appropriately for it. Exactly. Yeah, I hope everybody noticed that these are rich people. These are people who yeah. have to they have to decide which yacht to take today. You know, that's, that's yeah, the right. kind of problem they have. So paying an awful lot for their software was not a problem. I suspect most of our listeners do not have the problem of having too much money and having too much resource <laughs> to, exactly. to work with. They probably have the opposite problem, and therefore they do not need a 50-foot wall. Exactly. And by contrast, I remember Netflix for a while had a, a very rich um, kind of community interaction where you could follow friends and see what they were renting and their cues and their ratings and whatnot. And they just decided, you know what, this is not enough value. And they killed the whole thing. They unsold it to their retail client base. And what you're describing is something kind of in between. You know, you're, you're neither totally one off, you're not totally mass market, but you do need to be curating down like what is our actual product what's what's worth us investing and maintaining in and just because we thought something was a good idea at one point in time doesn't mean it remains a good idea out into the future there we go okay so uh, i hope we've blown listeners minds sufficiently by uh, introducing this idea of unselling and uh, some of you may want to try it some of you may want to tell us we're absolutely nuts and you can't get rid of a single penny of <laughs> revenue uh, all of those responses would be really interesting, and you know where to find us. That would be agileconversations.com, where you'll find free videos and information about us and our book and all kinds of stuff that's all free, plus our Twitter and email and probably lots of other ways of getting in touch with us that I can't remember. So find us at agileconversations.com and ask us what you think. What uh, Tell us what you think and ask us for our help. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, the other way to keep in touch with us is to come back next Wednesday when we'll be back around with another edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Squirrel.